This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. Okay, thank you. Good morning and welcome everybody to the show. Thank you so much for being here with us. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show getting started. Brand new week. Welcome to Monday, everybody. And we've got a lot coming up on the show today. We're going to go around and share with you everything that we're working on. And uh, Joanna's going to be filling in on news today. So Joanna's got entertainment and news that she's going to be doing. Was it extremely windy when you came in? Oh, yeah, man. Kicking up the dust out there. Like the the point where I like I open my car door and then the wind just catches it. I honestly it made a noise that made me think the car was the car door was gonna come off the hinge. Yeah. Just from the noise that it made when it blew open. So I was having trouble closing the door to this station. Yeah. Well, let's uh, go ahead and get started. Joanna, since you're going to be doing both uh, news and entertainment, why don't you start us off with entertainment news today? Giancarlo Esposito, who will be in the upcoming season of The Mandalorian, says that The Mandalorian is already mapped out through season four. Did he say how much has been filmed? I guess they got... They got season two ready. Go, I think right? mapped they out, to, meaning map, they... Yeah. They know where the story is yeah. going to be going all the way to season four. All right. He does say in this season, we start to find out more on the power of the child. Brandon, with sports coming up... Oh, uh, where do you want to start, man? We got a lot. Uh, I got good news for Cowboys fans. And that good news is... If... If you like watching exciting football games that feature your your team, I don't think you could have a better team than the Cowboys. I mean, those uh, those Seahawks. are big. That's back to back with really great games from the yeah. Seahawks. I think they're up there. They're very comparable. But I think. But as far as just like wow, my team was very exciting. We didn't win, but it really went down to the last second. Especially that Dak play to stay on his feet. I mean, it was yeah. an interception, but. Ugh. You know, what if he'd have hit? What if he'd have made that? That would have been one of the great plays in Cowboy history. Oh yeah, there was that play where uh, oh I forgot the uh, the receiver was in the end zone, but he wasn't in the end oh, zone. Oh, DK Metcalf. Yeah, when he was when running Met- and he got uh, caught from behind. Yeah, Drayvon knocked that ball out. Uh, of his hand that reminded me of the Super Bowl like 28 years ago. Leon Lett and Don Beebe, <laughs> Don Beebe yeah. coming from behind. Him. Yeah, so Trayvon was like Don Beebe back in back of there knocking the ball loose. Super exciting. Yeah, blocked field goals, missed field goals, nailed a field goal from 40 something at the you know close to the end. It was just all around an exciting football game. So look at it this way. Um. When you tune in to watch your team, it looks like they're putting an exciting, t- uh, an exciting game on the field for you. Well, so. and you went down to the wire. I, the Seahawks, I think, at this point are at least third best in the league. I mean, right now, I think most people you they're probably not ironclad. Put, they're really good. Oh and no, Russell, there's, their defense has a lot yeah, of holes. There's a lot of Russell holes. Russell Wilson in the is willing them to win. Yeah, and Russell Wilson could conceivably be like offensive player of the week. Most weeks, from the looks of things, but even he, he was said, off a little he bit. Said he was two off a little five bit. Five touchdown yes. performances, uh-huh. 
But yesterday, you you did you watch that game? Uh huh. Yeah, Russell Wilson was just a, a little off on some of his passes, but even being a little off, he still threw five touchdowns. Yep, three of them to Tyler Lockett. Yeah, too. yeah, that's right. So it was a super exciting game. It came down to the final seconds. The final play by the Cowboys was exciting, even though it resulted in an interception in the end of the game. But still, it was exciting. I enjoyed it right down to the wire. So yeah, it was an exciting weekend. Uh, weekend of sports in general, man. That's just the tip of the iceberg. College football, SEC was back. This was their first weekend. We're gearing up for the Pac-12. Which LSU by the way, got knocked off in their first week back. The right? first defending champion to lose uh, their opening week in like decades. So yeah, it was super exciting, man. Uh, and with the Pac-12 and Big Ten announcing that they're coming back, they're now back in the polls. So the polls that were have have just been released. Those teams, Ohio State, uh, Wisconsin, Oregon, Michigan, all they just, those, they they're just back put them in. in. Yeah, they just plunked them back in. Yeah, we're going to pretend that these weeks that you didn't play, you would have won. We're just going to assume you would have won. Well, that's what they do anyway. That's what the that, you know that's what the poll is at the beginning of the season. Look, there was LSU got a first place vote last week, and LSU got knocked off by Mississippi State. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So. Not an exact science there. Like there, you can definitely tell there's a bias when it comes to specific teams and specific conferences when it comes to the rankings. We have the NBA Finals are set. Lakers versus Heat. Lakers. LeBron are... versus his former team. Major League Baseball playoffs kick off tomorrow. And the Dallas Stars, double overtime victory over the weekend. It was a big weekend in sports. UTEP! Holy crap! Yeah. We haven't even talked about UTEP winning 31 to 6. 31 to 6? What the hell happened? There's three and one. Yeah. First time in 10 years that they've had a record this good at the beginning of the season. So, yeah, there's plenty to talk about today. And uh, Lisa's out uh, sick today. Joanna's going to fill in in the news. Uh, Joanna, what do you feel like uh, talking about in the news today? Well, as expected, President Trump announced his pick for the Supreme Court. And as rumored, he is nominating Judge Amy Coney Barrett. All right. So that happened. Uh, there's this huge story that has kind of been breaking over the past 24 to 48 hours, and it's that the New York Times has published the details of Donald Trump's tax uh, returns for the past 20 uh, years. So for 10 of the past 15 years, he paid no taxes. Scratch that. I made a mistake. 11 years he paid no federal tax, federal income tax whatsoever and in 2016 2017 the year that he was elected president and his first year as president he paid only 750 dollars in federal income tax 750 dollars i assume that was 750 dollars in 2016 and 750 in 2017 or maybe they mean it was only 750 dollars for both both years years. yeah so just over three like 375 for each if you haven't picked up the news today i'll just we'll just do a little quiz how well do you know the president after four years (laughs) what what do you think his reaction is going to be i can make this a multiple choice he's a smart guy who knows how to avoid you know, you're going to want a person who is who is incredibly smart and is able to get around these kinds of things. So you're saying he's embracing it and saying this proves oh, what it, a great it, business man. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I was going to go down the route of yeah, fake news. Uh, it's a fake news report. Joanna is the winner. Oh. So. All right. 
<laughs> yeah, so this came came up in his debates against Hillary back in 2016, and he wouldn't deny that he didn't pay any taxes. He just said that it made him smart. You could tell that this report is he's really afraid of the effect this is going to have on some of his supporters who feel like the whole thing is rigged. Rich people, get away, stick you with paying more taxes. I, I don't know that he really has to worry with any of his fans jumping off. I don't off. think so either. Right. How many people are going to be like, oh, there's this rich guy who flies around in private jets and ma- swaps out supermodels. And, and only- I pay, and I, I make 35 grand a year and I pay more taxes than he does. You would think that would have some of his fans at least question. Anyway, Trump's reaction to the whole thing has been that it's fake news. That's exactly it. Uh, The New York Times is making the whole thing up and that he'll prove it soon when he releases his taxes on his own. How many times have we heard that since 2015? I'm going to do it soon. Definitely before the election. Well, definitely before I get sworn in. Well, I'm going to definitely, you know, uh, the fact that he now is just out and out claiming it's fake where four years ago he, he said that it just made him a smart businessman indicates to me that he is on the run on this one. So that's uh, kind of a big looming story uh, today. We're going to get things started uh, with today in sound clips. You'll hear some of the president's reaction uh, to, to that reporting from the New York Times about his income tax or lack of paying income tax. We'll have that uh, today in sound clips and a whole lot more on the way in just a few moments. Here we go. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. All right, we're going to have a look at sports coming up. Today is also National Drink Beer Day. And we're going to have a tribute to beer on the way. I think we also have an alternative fact quiz that has to do with beer later. Yeah, Trump, uh, it turns out, paid no taxes, no federal income taxes anyway, for 10 out of 15 years. None. Some of the years that he did pay taxes, he paid $750 a year. How many people won't vote for him because of that? Probably zero, I would say, at this point. Well, yeah, if you were already locked in, yeah. I mean, that's not going to change anything. It's, always gonna, it's just going to prove of how much of a genius he is mm-hmm. to get out of having to pay taxes. Now, if this were Joe Biden, oh, this would be the biggest story on the planet. And it's the way the politics goes It's a goes pretty now. big story. I mean... It'll no, be interesting no, it, no to I'm see. saying it is regardless. I'm yeah. agreeing with you. But what I'm yeah. saying is it completely depends on which side you're backing. If Joe Biden's taxes came out and it showed that he paid no taxes for, what did you say, it was 10 out of 15 years? Uh, yeah, and then even when he did pay taxes, it was, it taxes, it was like $750. So in 2017, his first year as president, Donald Trump paid $750 in federal income tax. That same year, Joe Biden paid over $3 million. And I think a lot of Trump supporters are going to hear that and say, well, Joe Biden was probably crooked to be making so much money that he could pay that much on taxes. Mm-hmm. It's all about perception, man. Perception shapes your reality. Um, not a well-played game by the Cowboys, but again, an exciting game is delivered by the Dallas football team for their fans. I mean... That was, was a nail biter, no, right down to the game. end. They, they definitely had, they definitely had their lapses on defense. Um, but if I'm a if I'm a cowboy fan, I'm not completely distraught today. Even though you're sitting at one and two, Cappy said this last week. The division stinks. 
Oh, I think every other team in the division lost yesterday. There, were, there was one tie, but other than that, I think yeah, every the, other team. The Bengals, the Bengals and Eagles. So, I mean, right now the Cowboys technically tied for first with Washington. They're both one and two. So the, the division stinks. If the Cowboys, the, the biggest issues they're having right now is obviously on defense. Take that first quarter against the Falcons away when they just couldn't hold on to the football. It's defensive issues. But then again... Russell Wilson, he carved up the Patriots defense last week as well. Boy, that Russell Wilson is good. <laughs> He's fun to watch, he just, isn't he? He just keeps his cool under pressure in ways that it, that's very uncommon, you know, for a for a for a court and people get to him occasionally. I mean, he's got a good offensive line, but it's Occasionally they get to him, but he does, he just does not crack under pressure, mm-hmm. which makes it seem like he's got more time than he even does, just because he you know he doesn't panic. And uh, tonight is going to be a good game. It's going to be oh it's gonna yeah. be the Ravens hosting the Chiefs, and that could be a doozy. So uh, Brandon's going to have sports coming up here in just a few moments. Did you watch any college football over the weekend at all? Like, did you check any of that Texas-Texas Tech game out? No. There was a play where, if I'm remembering correctly, it was a Texas player. And the way he landed, do you know what it means to Scorpion? Like the uh, Urban Dictionary version? Well, I wouldn't go necessarily Urban Dictionary. But it's when you see it frequently when you have, like, skateboarders or... Uh, anybody like that, like going down a rail, and when they fall, you land kind of on your chest, and your legs wrap around, like up over your head, like a scorpion's tail does. Okay. Uh-huh. There was a guy for I think it was Texas, and he bent somewhere where you're not supposed to bend. Uh-huh. I mean, it was like it was like his upper back, and it just completely came around, and he popped up like it was nothing. Yeah, dude was in the dude, dude played the next play. It was insane. That's why they condition. Yeah, that's why they're in such good condition. Ugh. Yeah, very pliable, very pliable. Yeah, resilient. He's pliable. a resilient guy. <laughs> Let's go ahead and do our Mo Show calendar and daily almanac of uh, of events. Uh oh, you might want to hold off on that, Joanna. What was that? Or what? Well, actually, <laughs> I've rolled all that together. I might want to hold off on the calendar because Joanna's now deep diving into well, the. Now uh, I had to look up Scorpion Urban, oh, yeah. Urban Dictionary. I just want to say, like, the descriptions on Urban Dictionary are great. All right, let's do a game. You're going to look up the description for, of Scorpion-ing, <laughs> and you're going to read the third one. Word oh, for, not the first oh, the one. I like one. it. Okay. You're going to read the third definition off of Urban Dictionary. Okay, third one. <laughs> you got to read it word for word, even I if can. it... Yeah, you got to. Well, no. <laughs> I can't read that one on air. At all? Re- read it and leave the out. The act of stretching one's... Hold on. Let me see if I can find it here. Did you like type the scorpion or the scorpion? The scorpion. Yes. Stretching one's what? Uh... <laughs> I can't. I can't think of a word for it. <clears throat> How did you get to a third one? What do you mean? Because I, I scrolled down to the third one that came up for me was The Scorpions, one of the greatest classic rock bands. <laughs> That's number two for me. Oh. And then number, and the number three, three is the Just only effective policing force in South Africa. 
Just replace whatever the effects are. Oh, oh, I see it. I got this is the fourth one for me. The act of stretching one's uh, bean bag. Bean bag. Um. Yes. I'm waiting. Right? <laughs> I really don't know how to You're say this. Stretching your bean bag. Don't leave me here stretching no. my bean bag. Uh, I want to know what to do next. So, okay, so how about this? A top of this. Mouth. It's, yeah, you know Scorpion from uh, Mortal Kombat? <laughs> yeah. And how it, uh, his thing was he would shoot the. Um, <laughs> uh, like the, the, the harpoon at you? Yeah. Pull Come you here. Get over here. Yeah, over there you go. You do that, except you're covering some... I don't know what to do here, man. Right. Like, we're going knee-deep in these waters. But now, if this results in finishing, uh-huh. you go, flawless victory. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As I mentioned, uh, time for the Mo Show calendar <laughs> and daily almanac of events. <laughs> Today we need is, to play that game more often. That was fun. National Drink Beer Day. Today is also National Good Neighbor Day. It is World Rabies Awareness Day. And uh, Confucius Day. Birthdays include Jackass star Bam Margera, who's 41 today. Margera. Is that how they say it? Yup. Margera. How old is he? Years. 41. Buzz, and you don't know how to say Margera? Have Mar- you seen what he looks like? Oh, I saw my him about God. five years ago, oh, and it, it was rough looking. Yeah, I mean, he's, it's like some, he hit a big time. Man, yeah. when, when Ryan Dunn passed away, I mean, he hit a rough patch. Yeah, it looked like he was going through some really bad stuff. But I think he, I believe he's clean and sober now, though. Good, but he, I hope so. He got to the point where he was drinking so much... And truly not doing anything else, his muscles started to atrophy, and he couldn't skateboard anymore. Like that, you know how you have that muscle memory for things? Mm-hmm. It was gone. He had to reteach himself to skateboard. The guy who started his career from skateboarding. Actress Naomi Watts, who was in the uh, Peter Jackson King Kong movie and uh, The Ring, she's fifty-two today. Oof, the Ring. That scares you. Jesus. Actress Mira Sorvino, who won an Academy Award for a Woody Allen movie called Mighty Aphrodite. Uh, Mira Sorvino, rather, is 53 today. Stand-up comedian Janine Garofalo is 56. No, it's Garofalo. No, it's Jimmy Garofalo, and he's out for three to four. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Jones, the actor who played Principal Rooney in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and he was the dad in Beetlejuice, and I don't know if we... Got busted for child porn. Got busted for having dirty pictures of kids. Uh, Jeffrey Jones is 74. I was trying to remember what it was with that guy, because I was watching Beetlejuice the other day. He's uh, he was also... He he wasn't a bad guy, but he gets possessed by the demon in Howard the Duck. I remember when they're sitting in the diner. Terrified me as a child. So in 2003, Principal Rooney from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Jeffrey Jones was arrested for possession of child pornography and for employing a 14-year-old boy to pose for pornographic photos. He pled no contest to a charge of inducing a minor. He was ordered to register as a sex offender for life. Then after all that happened, then he 
got a part on Deadwood, Deadwood, which was a pretty substantial part. I remember because yeah, I loved he played Deadwood. the reporter, didn't he? Yeah, he was the guy who ran the paper. I remember watching that is like there there are some kids on set, and I don't know, you know, like how how he got forgiven so quickly. Yeah, it seemed to really get swept under the rug, huh? Yeah, and old time uh, sex sex icon Bridget Bardot is 86. She's just one of those, you know, 50s and 60s steam pots, I guess. But she's 86 today. 33. Not going to lie, I thought she was already dead. No, Bridget Bardot is uh, alive as of yesterday. I mean, a lot could change when you're 86, but... (laughs) 33 years ago in 1987, Star Trek The Next Generation premiered. Did anybody get into Star Trek Next Generation? I haven't gotten into any Star Trek. Yeah. No. I couldn't uh, get into it because I I really watched a lot of Star Trek, the original Star Trek and reruns, and I don't know, I just couldn't. Like, I'm not insisting that my Starship captains have hair, but they should at least wear a toupee. Fake <laughs> <laughs> it till you make it, baby. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. All right, the Lakers are going back to the uh, to the NBA Finals, and this is the tenth time in his career that LeBron is going to be in the finals. Which I mean, LeBron which is more is, than I think like twenty seven franchises or something yeah, like that. Uh, as great as LeBron is, I mean, he's definitely in the elite of the elite. But it gives you an idea just like how rarefied that air is. Only three other players have been to uh, 10 or more finals in their career. And the, the three are Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Russell, Bill Russell, and Sam Jones. Wow, the guy who played Flash Gordon went to 10 NBA f- Must be a different Sam Jones, but listen, here are people who, who have not gone to that many uh, NBA finals. Michael Jordan. Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, Larry Bird, or Magic Johnson. None of them have been to 10 finals. Um, LeBron has won three so far. So out of the nine that he's played in so far, he won three out of nine. He won with Miami back-to-back seasons, 2012-2013. And it's Miami that the Lakers are going to face in the finals this year. And with the Cavaliers in 2016. And uh, the Heat knocked off the Celtics last night. Game one of the NBA uh, championship series is going to be on Wednesday. You going to watch any of it? Have you watched any of the the bubble uh, NBA? Yeah, just on the weekends mostly. Like, I can't really catch a game. Uh, At least I can't stay up for the end of it during the week. But on the weekend, I'll catch a little bit. Yeah, it's good. That's um, I'm going to say... I, I don't notice that any of the excitement of the game is gone because because there's not a crowd there. In most no, cases. I think it's I think it's kind of entertaining having that big wall of virtual fans there, kind of quote in the arena. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that that aspect of it's pretty entertaining. I'm going to say this: um, people ask, "Am I a cowboy fan?" I live in a cowboy town, and I'm happy when my town's happy. So, <laughs> although I don't <laughs> primarily identify as a Cowboys fan. When they do well, I think people are happier. That's a good thing. For sure. Cowboy fans, if you tune in to watch a fun, exciting football game, so far the Cowboys have 
have delivered two back-to-back. I mean, just drama going down to the wire, coming back, getting into it after mm-hmm. being down. I mean, it has been it's not the result you wanted, but but it was a good... I mean, and when I say a good game, I don't mean both teams played stellar football, but it was exciting and fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So you got that going. It was a really fun game to watch. A woman tried to steal one of NFL legend Joe Montana's grandchildren from a house where he and his wife were staying. What? See, if you first hear the story, just just the headline of someone tried to steal Joe Montana's grandchild, my brain immediately goes to it's the middle of the night. Somebody, you know, they're they're you know completely covered in black with like a stocking cap covering their mm-hmm. face, and they're like sneaking a, in to a, steal the child. It was steal like a child. ninja operation yeah. to, to get this famous guy's grandchild. Yeah, that's not what happened. It was around five yeah. p.m. on a Saturday. A 39-year-old woman walked right into the house. Joe and his wife Jennifer were staying at, picked the baby up out of the playpen, and they were sitting there watching her. Yeah, like <gasps> Joe Montana's wife were sitting there watching her do it. it says uh, this is a story uh, according to TMZ is that Joe Montana tried to reason with her, trying to de-escalate the situation. When that didn't work, a scuffle ensued, and Jennifer was able to take the grandbaby back. Woman took off, but police caught her. And Joe tweeted, quote, thank you to everyone who has reached out. Scary situation, but thankful that everybody's doing well. We appreciate respect for our privacy at this time. You know, when you when you worry about child abduction, I think that in parents' mind is some stranger is going to creep into your house. They're going to kidnap your kid, which the experts say hardly ever happens that way. When there's a child abduction, it's usually somebody known to the family. Mm-hmm. So not a not a stranger. But this one sounds like there was some psychosis or something going on. You know, just to walk right in and do it right in front of the grandparents. Mm-hmm. And I'll bet you Joe Montana's probably probably still a little quicker and more agile than your average grandfather. I would so, say so, yeah. Oh, that's a, that is a scary, scary story. Tonight, Monday Night Football's got the Baltimore Ravens hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. That could be the best game of the year so far, as far as the quality of the teams, of yeah. the two premier teams. I mean, we've had some really good games so far this year. you got the, the two Cowboy games. you got the comeback against the Falcons. you got the failed comeback against the Seahawks. You have the Patriots-Seahawks last weekend where the Seahawks stopped them on the goal line. So it's been some really exciting football so far. And I would say you probably have the top two teams in the league going up against each other right now. And it's going to be interesting to see how everything kind of pans out because the Steelers are sitting at 3-0 and right now. If the Ravens lose, that kind of puts them behind the Steelers in the AFC North. The Raiders are a lot better than anybody thought they were going to be, although the Patriots did beat up on them yesterday. But they're sitting at 2-1, and so if the Chiefs mm-hmm. lose, all of a sudden the Chiefs and the Raiders are tied. Seems like the Saints is not going to be their year. They got beaten the night game by the Packers yesterday. It was still close, but yeah, the Saints. I I, I they, heard rumblings that people were two, right? people were yeah people were questioning whether or not Drew Brees is starting to show his age, which of course is the is, immediate. It's the immediate thing that everybody says. Well, let's talk a little bit about the New York Times story that Donald Trump, in most years, in the past fifteen, didn't pay any federal income tax at all, and. 
in some years paid only seven hundred fifty dollars, not seven hundred fifty thousand, seven hundred fifty. So uh, a typical billionaire, even using all the tricks, I I've always thought, look, there's there's a regular person's world, and then there's a rich person's world. In a rich person's world, you can go bankrupt and still have twenty yachts or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear about okay. these people filing for bankruptcy. It's like, wow, they're still flying on a private jet and got a mansion and big swanky apartment in New York. But a typical billionaire, even taking advantage of all the loopholes and things they can to to protect themselves from taxes, a typical billionaire pays tens of millions of dollars in federal income taxes each year, even after taking all that stuff. President Trump, though, is different. Um, Yesterday, the New York Times published an investigation of his finances based on thousands of pages of documents that had not previously been seen by the public. These documents showed that Trump paid no taxes in 11 of the 18 years between 2000 and 2017. In both 2016 and 2017, he did pay income tax, but he only paid $750. So just to give you an idea, that same year in 2017, a single worker without children who made 18000 a year, all right, 18000 a year, mm-hmm. they would have paid $760 in federal income tax. Donald Trump paid $10 less than that. Yikes. That just goes to show you what kind of brilliant businessman he is. Well, that's he has There's said that before in the past. He's president cuz he's a genius. <sighs> I mean, that's what a lot of people say. Yeah, that's what they like that's what they're going to go with. And the sad well, thing Trump is Trump has gone with calling it fake, fake news. news. Yeah, he's decided to go fake news back when Hillary accused him of pretty much I mean, what she accused him of in the debate was that he didn't pay taxes or paid far lower taxes than what would be expected. And his response at the time was, that makes me smart. Mm-hmm. But now, I'm a genius. now he's going with just calling the information fake. Look, Uh-oh. plus, I don't know how else we can explain it to you. That is fake news. <laughs> You're fake news, sir. Okay? You lamestream well. media. You rhino. <laughs> Donald Trump for the past five years has always been saying that you'll he'll release his taxes, that he couldn't do it for one reason or another, usually because he said that he was under audit, although there would have been do nothing stopping him. Do presidents usually get audited? Presidential candidates usually release their tax uh, tax information. I I think it it varies, but probably most presidential candidates don't get audited any more than anybody else does. But it's clear that Trump was using this audit as an excuse Uh not to show his taxes. Because time and time again, he said, I'll eventually release the tax. Back when he was not yet the nominee, he said, if I'm the nominee... I'll release my taxes. He didn't do it then. He said, if I win, I'll release my taxes. He didn't do it then. And now he's saying. Mm. All right. So I think probably a lot of people are going to say, well, that's just typical 
billionaire, no, a, other billionaires would typically pay. I mean, and and the criticism is that what they do pay is lower than what it should be. But uh, most billionaires would pay tens of millions of dollars in federal income tax. But, but hey, not, it's going to all be revealed. <laughs> he was able to uh, do this uh, because many of his businesses reported losing large amounts of money, which reduces his taxable income. But he continued to live a lavish lifestyle. So there's some things that just don't add up. It's you know before he was president. So before he was flying on Air Force One. You know, he uh, flew on private jets. Uh, he managed to enjoy a lavish lifestyle by taking tax deductions on what most people would consider personal expenses, including residences, aircraft. Here's one that stands out. $70,000 in hairstyling for a year for television. Uh, investigation also found that as president, he has received more money from foreign sources and interest groups than previously known. So uh, some of that had not been made public. Good morning, Chopper. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Doing good, Chopper. Just talking. As I'm reading all this, I don't know if any of this cost Trump one vote. You know, like blue-collar workers who, you know, think that they get screwed over by, by the rich. For some reason, this guy gets passed. So I don't think this is going to move the needle for a lot of people at all. I understand uh, what you're saying fully, but I just I wanted to tell you a theory that I was told about why Trump ran for president in the first place. A lot of uh, people think that it does it have to do with the Russians? Uh, no, it, it actually had to do with the fact that he has bankrupted himself and he's very cash poor. But apparently, when you run for president, you do have to make your finances known, and so. I was told that one of the reasons he wanted to do this was to show what he was truly worth to get people to try to invest in him again, because people were so afraid that, I mean, if you can bankrupt a casino, that's not good money management. So, well, but he, he was having a lot of trouble finding investors in the United States. That's why a lot of his investment has come from kind of these shadowy uh, overseas people. Over the weekend, my wife and I were talking about how there should be a difference between politics and religion, where politics should be based in fact, and religion is a lot of non-fact and ideals. And I feel like a lot of Trump supporters are treating him like some kind of televangelist kind of personality. Well, he very skillfully has set it up to trust to not trust the media. I mean, fake news started out. The term fake news was stuff planted by you know Russian bots and stuff. He co-opted that to mean the, the, the news, the actual news, the factual reporting. I mean, he has done a masterful job of just making his supporters doubt what should be mostly reliable sources. I mean, if there's anything he's masterfully done, it's that he's really blurred the line between fact and fiction. He's being followed now by a, race, by a group of fanatics. Instead of believing in facts and, and the truth and wanting the world to be better, they're just believing that their hero will vanquish the evil. Well, the alternative is to say, after all of this, oh, wow, I guess I messed up. After all that I've posted on social media and after all the pro-Trump I've done, and people just aren't willing to admit that they've been schnookered, you know. So I still think the guy could end up winning in the White House. And Oh, he also owes personal debt of about a half a billion dollars. So and it's going to be coming up in a, you know in the coming years. Chopper, you thank you. You know how hard you. it is for a human like me to even fathom 
a half a billion dollars <laughs> as being a real thing. Like, you know, I've worked my whole life. I don't think I've ever made more than $20,000 in a year. And so a half a billion dollars to me, you might as well just say infinity. Like it doesn't, it's not a palpable thing to, to us working yeah. Joe's. Yeah. And, and like you said, there's a whole crust of the rich get protected. They don't have to pay as much and they don't lose as much and they get carried around by other people because they're these Look, wealthy the, the, deities. The rich definitely have a sweet deal worked out where they live by different rules, chopper than, than you and I and people in our strata do. But that's not to take it that, oh, well, Trump just does what all billionaires do. No, even by billionaire standards, this Trump tax stuff is super, super shady. All right, well, thanks. I'm let you go, but I want to thank you guys for having such great information and being a good team and working together and talking through things so that we can all kind of get multiple mm-hmm. points of view on it. I really love you guys. I think you're hilarious and informative, and that's awesome. Wow, thanks, Chopper. Thanks, I appreciate Chopper. it. And they ought to pay you more than 20000 this year for being so well, smart. It'd be I nice. All right. Thank you, Brandon, Lisa, Joanna, and Buzz. You guys all rule. Okay, Chopper. thank you. There's oh, Chopper. Chopper. Good dude, man. Good dude. Nice. Uh, let's see. Nate Silver 538 says that the big difference between this is that it's, it's, a, it's a number and people can understand it. People can look at Donald Trump and where he lives on Park Avenue and all the stuff he's got, and you can reflect on the number $750. I mean, the seven hundred and fifty dollar. It's kind uh, of infuriating. That is more infuriating than the zero. Yeah. You know, when you hear he paid zero, it just really doesn't hit you. But when you hear, you're kind of like, eh. Yeah. It, okay. it was expected, but then you hear an actual oh, he number. Oh, paid seven hundred fifty dollars. That is even more galling than than hearing that he didn't pay any at all. So it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Brandon, did you see the new The Boys on you know what? I Amazon think I Prime? I think I, got, I think I started watching other things. I think I completely spaced on it. I'm glad you said something so I can watch it today. Joanna, did you ever start watching season one of The Boys so you can catch up with the other kids? No, don't tell Lisa. Lisa's the one that's really on my ass for it. I had plans to, to start some new series and uh-huh. I just never got around to it. I did watch. It. Didn't. I did watch yeah. Enola Holmes. Oh, how is that? That was all right. Okay. I kept Cavill's calling. Great I, entertaining, right. but it wasn't. I kept calling great. it Winona Holmes, and then do you <laughs> know why? Winona Earp. No. Because of Winona Earp. Oh, There's a show okay. called Winona Earp. <laughs> Winona Holmes. Yeah. Um, but I didn't get around to watching any of Ratchet, which I thought I was going to do. This one called um, Utopia. Oh, right. I That's really meant to watch that. Now I've got all of animation domination from last night, plus that movie where Mad Eye Moody from <laughs> Harry oh. Potter plays <laughs> Donald Trump mm-hmm. that premiered on, uh, I believe, Showtime last night. So I got so that on the DVR. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, real first world problems. <laughs> How do you ever fit right. in all this viewing? Not uh, enough hours <laughs> in the day. Absolutely not. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. The uh, first presidential debate is tomorrow night, uh, and I think this uh, revelation from the New York Times about Donald Trump's taxes, which mostly are that he didn't pay much, uh, most years none at all as far as federal income tax goes. That's that's going to be a thing that Joe Biden definitely wants to talk about uh, during the debate. Um. 
So the what New if, York. What if Biden mixes it up? And he's like, I want to talk about Donald Trump and Texas. <laughs> Sir, it's taxes. Oh, taxes. Here's what the headline that ran uh, on Monday in the today in the Times said: President's taxes chart chronic losses, audit battle, and income tax avoidance. So uh, a few interesting things here that are definitely going to get uh, talked about. Uh, the, the Fox News and uh, Trump Flax uh, are going to point out that they didn't publish the actual tax records. And executive editor uh, included this in a letter to readers. We will continue our reporting and publish additional articles about our findings. We are not making the records themselves public because we do not want to jeopardize our sources who have taken enormous personal risk to help inform the public. So these uh, tax documents are contingent on keeping the the source uh, anonymous and Rest assured, the story about who leaked it and the leak being the real misdeed is going to be something that Hannity and, and Tucker go go with for sure. Um, this, do you remember they had they they ran the story about Trump calling military veterans and, and war dead suckers and losers? Mm-hmm. So those sources uh, wanted anonymity, which. Uh, the Times gave, or the Post gave, rather. So so the way it works is, you know, Fox News will send a reporter over and and they'll show them as like, all right, here's here's the source, here's what it is. That's why Fox had the reporter that next day that was saying, yeah, this checks out as a true story. What you don't do is print it on the front page. Uh, and using anonymous sources, uh, sources that want to r- remain anonymous, has been a very, very important tool in investigative journalism, uh, and remember, we didn't know who Deep Throat was from the from the Watergate years until thirty like thirty five. Yeah, wasn't it something like yeah, that? Almost almost forty years after the fact. The New York Times story also says Trump has more than three hundred million in loans coming due in the next four years. And one of the biggest unanswered questions is, who does the Commander in Chief owe this money to? And what would he be willing to do for them based on his character and his known business practices? What would he, what might he have been willing to do to these people that he owns more than a quarter billion dollars to? Meantime, the Biden campaign is selling, I paid more income taxes than Donald Trump stickers. How much of this uh, is going to affect any voters? I would say I don't think it does. Yeah, for the for the Trump supporters, if if you haven't been thrown for a loop by anything yet, this is probably not going to. You're probably just going to assume that it's all uh, fake. But political opinion researcher Gary Langer uh, is talking about the latest ABC Washington Post poll found a net total of five percent of likely voters who can be considered movable. So 5% is a thin slice, but some of these states might be close enough where it'll, that, that it'll make all... That 5% could it'll, sway it. it? It could, for sure. So let's talk a little bit about the Royals, uh, the American Royals, after Megxit. Uh, <laughs> have you ever heard it called Megxit? Yeah. <laughs> Meghan uh, Markle and Prince Harry. What's her last name now? Like, what do you think her last name is? 
What's, is it still Markle? What's, what's their last what's name? What's their last name? Windsor, but they never use it. Yeah, I don't think I ever knew what their last name was until now. Well, it used to be much more German sounding, and then we got in this little thing called World War One. So they changed it to not sound so German, <laughs> and they've been the Windsors, the Windsors ever since. Uh, so this is interesting. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle made a video last week urging Americans to vote. Obviously, they didn't tell them who to vote for. This was an endorsement. This was, was a PSA. Uh, since then, the video has been seen as anti-Trump, although no candidate is named. Uh, British royals are supposed to remain neutral, and the, the royals don't vote in the British elections, much less any other country's election. Um, when they did the Mexit, Harry and Meghan promised they would continue to uphold the values of Her Majesty. Since the video was seen as anti-Trump, even though, and I want to stress this again, they didn't they didn't mention any of the candidates uh-huh. by name. But there's even talk that Harry and Meghan could lose their Royal Highness titles over it. They're losing their highness. They're losing their highnesses. So it seems like one of the rules for the royal family is if you ever do anything that's actually a public service, that's a no-no. Yeah. We just want you to do meaningless things, you know, ribbon cuttings, uh, things like that. But don't ever actually, you know, do anything civic-mindedly on your own. Joanna, have you heard about the uh, phone number that former President Obama gave out last week encouraging people to uh, call? Yeah, he gave and it he, out. He, he gave it like, out hey, and said that it was his his him. number. Mm-hmm. Text me, y'all. Yeah. Look, I know how this works. You call that number, you might hear Barack Obama's voice, but he's not going to hear yours. <laughs> and the voice you hear is going to be pre-recorded. Right. And it's, event, and it's going to get you on a bunch of lists for fundraisers. Believe me, I've ended up on enough of these <laughs> things to understand how it works. Yeah, so, I, know how, I know what you're up to. You can't fool me. So, Did you call uh, it? No, I didn't call it. Last week, former President Obama shared a phone number with a message from the former president to text him. Um, and I'm sure, w- without doing it, it's, you know, here's how you vote. Here's how you, if you're not registered, here's how to make sure you are registered. You know, here are some things you can do. Um. Obama said in a post on social media platforms, let's try something new. If you're in the United States, send me a text at 773-365-9687. I want to hear how you're doing, what's on your mind, and how you're planning to vote this year. Yeah, so you're going to get a message, and then you're also going to get... Spammed. Yeah, probably. You're definitely going to get some messages. you're kind of signing up for something, right? Right. You shouldn't shouldn't feel surprised. You're not texting Obama. Also, if anybody finds his Finsta, let me know. What is a Finsta? In the video, he says that he's been enjoying the Renegade Challenge on his Finsta. A Finsta is... Okay, what's the Renegade Challenge? (laughs) It's like a dance. (laughs) 
Hold on. First, what's Instagram? What's Instagram? <laughs> we got to we got to backpedal. What's the internet? So a Finsta would be kind of is that like, like a, a DoorDash for drugs? I'm no. going to call Instagram. They're going to bring me a gram. No, <laughs> no. It's an instant gram. A Finsta is like a fake Instagram account. It's you, but you're it's you're not revealing that it's you. So everybody was convinced Barack Obama has a fake Instagram account. He's out there. Wait, he, did he use the term Finsta? He used the term Finsta. He said that he's been enjoying the Renegade Challenge on his Finsta. So it's a secret Instagram account. And everybody was trying to find who, which one it is. Who's, who is Barack Obama's Finsta account? Have they ever outed a celebrity for their Finsta? Kind of. Oh, a, remember a while Kevin that, Durant got pinged for that, for having a bunch of fake accounts? Uh, Lord has one where she rates, rates onion friend, rings. Onion rings, right. Yeah. Do most of the celebrities have to have to reveal it themselves or or, no. or can they get outed? They can get outed. Like they, I think the one with their they they uh put the timeline together yeah, that the, so like, the onion rings sleuths, were being reviewed in every one. city. That, exactly. So now everybody's trying to find Barack Obama's Finsta account. All right, well, Keep me updated on that. Let me know. <laughs> and when you do, maybe I'll go. Maybe that'll be enough to get me on social media. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. All right, time for entertainment news. Here's Joanna Barba with today's entertainment news. Good morning, Joanna. Good morning. James Cameron has some big news regarding Avatar 2. The director shared an update about oh, the status of the upcoming Avatar This is turning sequel. into the Chinese democracy. It is. Of, oh, my God, it is. Well, he revealed while on a video call with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Cameron says the sequel is complete. He also shared that they lost about four and a half months of production due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Cameron also opened up about Avatar 3 and said he's currently in New Zealand shooting the remainder of the live action scenes. He adds that they're roughly 95% done with the third movie. Avatar 2 The Way of Water is expected to hit theaters in December of 2022. All right. Great. I'm saying 2025. 20 years will, later. 2025, this movie will still not be out. <laughs> HBO's Game of Thrones prequel series House of the Dragon is looking to launch sometime in 2022. Deadline spoke with HBO president Casey Bloys, who confirmed that they're targeting that year as a release window for the series. The series was announced in 2019 after the conclusion of the main series. Created by George R.R. R. Martin and Ryan Condal, the series takes place 300 years before the events of the series and chronicles the rise and the downfall of the Targaryens. It is using, the Mar- it is using Martin's Fire and Blood companion book to the series as a source. Yeah. Oh? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I care. No. no, I mean, they butchered the end of that series so bad. I, it's... I don't know if it's going to be worth... Get, there's so much good television at this point. Why would I want... I mean... I know that throughout the pandemic, a lot of people were saying, whatever you do, do not start Game of Thrones during this shutdown. Yeah, watch something else, man. What, yeah, don't waste I even warned my dad about it. I think he started it before the pandemic, but <laughs> he's like, like, oh, we started no, Game of Thrones. Don't. And I was like, just stop after the sixth season, man. Just don't go into the last one. Oh, <laughs> Season 2 of The Mandalorian is shaping up to be bigger and better things to the exciting cast additions like Rosario Dawson, 
and Timothy Oliphant. Luckily for fans, The Mandalorian won't be slowing down anytime soon. Giancarlo Esposito, who stars as Moff Gideon, revealed that the series is already mapped out through season four, which is when fans will really start to get answers, he says. The next season, he says, you're going to start to find out the power of the child and what the child really means. Wait, the next season meaning this upcoming this one? Cu- coming the second one? one? Okay. Yes. He Timmy Oliphant, does it say what he's going to play? Cobb Vanth. Does that sound familiar? No, not if it's not in the main in the movies mm-hmm. or Clone Wars, I'm I'm not familiar with it. Like says, all the novels and stuff, it might be a recognizable name to somebody, but not to me. Uh-huh. so also says that you'll start to uncover the origins of the dark saber that Moff Gideon has and oh. how that plays into previous that's in, Star I was Wars. Say, that's history. in the Clone Wars. Yep. So he says that everything is laying down the groundwork for the depth of what's going to come in season three and season four. October 31st. Season two of The Mandalorians hits on October 30th. That's a Friday. Although I don't know. I think it's going to be one episode per week because they did that with this last season. So. Finally, National Treasure's former executive producer Jason Reed has explained why a third film was never made at Disney. The first two films in the action-adventure series, which starred Nicolas Cage, Justin Bartha, and Diane Kruger, were a major success at the box office, bringing in almost half a billion worldwide. While a third installment of the treasure hunting series is now reportedly in the works, along with a Disney Plus spin-off series, it's surprising it's taken more than a decade to happen. Reed says that he tried his damnedest to get National Treasure 3 up, but what happened was the movies, although they were extremely successful, and had a strong fan base, the company was never able to capitalize on it as a franchise. It was more of a movie with a sequel, and National National Treasure 3 would never have been another sequel. Reed went on to explain that unlike Star Wars and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Disney were unable to find a way to generate fresh merchandise and theme park attractions out of National Treasure. Wait, they couldn't make a ride up? They couldn't make a ride. They They could have just sold a bunch of, like... What is the map behind? The Constitution. The Constitution. Yeah. They could have just sold a bunch, <laughs> a bunch of, of that. Or have a room, like the treasure room that they find at the end of the first one. Just make that the ride, and you can, and you could make it the Scrooge McDuck <laughs> National <laughs> Treasure Room, and you just slide around in gold bullion. Well, we should all be very grateful that they didn't repurpose Indiana Jones, because that's a very, like... You could kind of see how they would. They could almost. They could have totally that. done something. Oh, yeah, a like lot of that. treasure yeah. maps and stuff. Yeah. He said that they were never able to find a way to integrate it into the park, so it didn't catch on, and it took this long for them to realize we should make a national treasure. Oh, three. I got it. Here's what they need to do. So when you go into the park, you can purchase the map, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've never been. No, what I'm saying is, look, you know, you need, like, this is, like, this is my idea. Like, you can't do that right now, but you oh. go in, you, you you purchase it, and there are clues in the park. And when you solve the clues, there's a prize at the end. <gasps> but it's incredibly, like, it's not really easy. It's not one of those ones where it's just, like, super simple. Like, it's, 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 uh, some sort, it'll take, you know, people weeks to find. And then when somebody figures it out, you come up with a new one. Nice. It'll keep people involved. And it's something that you could even, let's say, work on. Because one of the things that they do, 
in some of the older rides, like Peter Pan, that always has like a 90-minute wait minimum. Ugh, all the time. And there's, you know, the newer rides, they've changed it. So when you're walking through the lines, it's an experience. You know, there's it's almost kind of a ride unto itself. Mm-hmm. Peter Pan, there's not much you can do there. Like, you're stuck in a line. But if you have that app on your phone, the Disney Play app, you can play a game where you look for things around where you're at. And when you snap pictures of them, ultimately at the end of the line... You're, um, you get like a little surprise where Tinkerbell shows up in this little little lantern. So it kind of wait. It, are you imagining you all this stuff, or is this no? True? That's a real thing. Okay, that's a real thing. <laughs> oh, this is never what I'm telling you is the map <laughs> thing. The map thing needs to happen. The map thing sounds pretty cool, actually. With entertainment news, I'm Joanna Barba. Today is scan na- the VR code on your phone from the oh. map, and then you solve it on <clears> your phone, and it's all like now to Tomorrowland. Oh. <gasps> It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. I've got a few random items we can spend this uh, final segment of this hour talking about. Uh, According to a recent survey, an easy way to put this is pretty much everyone under the age of 55 would rather you text, not call. Yep. I don't know if I agree with that. Let me give you the survey results according to a survey the overwhelming majority of people would rather you text them the only exception is people over 55 people over 55 still favor uh calling 72 percent of people under the age 39 would rather you text uh for people between the ages of 40 and 54 those are demographics, like those are numbers I recognize from from a lot of surveys between forty five and fifty four. But even among uh, those folks who are, you know, early middle age, sixty one percent of people in that age group want you to text instead of call. But for people over fifty five, forty nine percent prefer a call, and thirty five percent prefer a text. There are some things where I prefer a call. Like if, okay, here's the thing. My friend Matt and I go to lunch usually once a week. I hate the, where do you want to go? I don't know. How about P.F. Chang's? Uh, not in the mood. I had Chinese yesterday. How about barbecue? Yeah, I don't know if I'm a, at that point, once like it that? goes past like four or five comments, the call. He- the hem- <laughs> so it's, the, it's the hemming and hawing. Yeah, anything where it's like, well... You, You're the vultures from Jungle Book. I just want to... So I, what we're going to do? I don't know what you want to do. Yeah, kind of. Sure, if you just have to convey information to me, I guess I would prefer a text. But if we're going to sit here and haggle over where we're going to eat, <laughs> <laughs> you save a lot... I feel like you still save a lot of time just getting on the phone and uh, calling. Joaquin Phoenix has reportedly been offered $50 million for two Joker sequels. I, for one, hope that Joaquin Phoenix doesn't play the Joker again because there's no way that it's going to live up to that first movie and that first performance. And I like the the whole mystery of, well, does he even become the Joker? Or does he just inspire the the real Joker? What if they answer that? In, let's say, the upcoming Batman movie. Look, it was just such a great performance. Leave it. Yeah, leave it. I, I feel like the only thing you could do is is lessen it or cheapen it by having sequels. Let's talk a little bit about uh, voting. We're, you know, 
30-something days away from November the 3rd. Tomorrow is going to be, tomorrow night is going to be the first debate between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Um, so, you know, voting in our country is is more difficult than in most uh, democracies. There's more to it. So here's a step-by-step uh, guide. First of all, you can check your registration status uh, at vote.org is one that they recommend. So go over there. If you're not sure if you're registered or not, you don't want to find out when you go to the, to the booth, especially if it's you know voting day. So go to vote.org. If you aren't registered, you should move quickly. The earliest deadlines, including Florida and Arizona, and I know we have some listeners in both of those states, are less than two weeks away. So if you find out you aren't registered, get right on it. In 40 out of the 50 states, you can register online to vote. In others like Texas, you have to mail in a form or you have to submit it in person. So another reason that if you're our Texas listeners and you find out you're not registered to vote, you're going to have to get right on that as well. You can also use a one-stop hub from the group When We All Vote, which lets you enter your address and then offers information on how to register and how to vote, you know, based on where you are. Now, as far as the vote by mail, we've heard this being talked about a lot, but here's what you need to know. Most states have loosened their rules during the pandemic, but they do differ by state. In many places, you have to fill out an online form requesting the mail-in ballot. This is what the president has been so wound up about, is that in some of the states they're sending out the ballots. Mm-hmm. Well, in some of the states, you've got to fill out a form before they mail you the ballot. So find out what the rules are where you are. You should pay careful attention to your state's rules for returning a ballot. In Pennsylvania, just as an example, you have to enclose it in two envelopes, which... Okay, that just seems like they're in with people. It's like yeah, that's going to be in two envelopes, and also you got to get your dog to lick it. <laughs> if we detect human yeah. saliva, we will not accept it. In North Carolina, a witness must sign your ballot. So okay. there are all of these kind of weird, almost arcane rules depending on what state you're in. If you ignore those rules, let's say you send your vote in in Pennsylvania and you only use one envelope your vote might be discarded. Or maybe it won't. Things are that uncertain. Um, Historically, mail ballots are rejected much more often than in-person ballots. This is why I am saying, look, I'm not suggesting that your vote won't be counted by mail. I'm not suggesting that. I would feel more confident if I actually went down and did it in person. I don't know why, because when you go down and do it in person... I don't know. You know, I just flipped a switch or, you know, filled out the thing. I don't know what happens after that. Like, why do I feel like that's better than than (laughs) mailing it in? There's no reason to feel more other than, well, I was there. I saw people. I was seen by people. And I got a sticker. (laughs) You want the sticker, don't you? Is that really what it is? Um, Yeah, the sticker's not a big deal to me. Um, to meet your state's deadline for mail-in ballots, they say the safest bet is to vote as soon as you know which candidates you support. See, there's more elections going on than president. 
So you might have your mind made up on that one, but you may not have decided who to vote for. For, for instance, mayor. That's one that we're having in this part of Texas. And, you know, Congress and all the other things. So uh, they're encouraging you, though, to hurry it up. Voting in person during the pandemic, according to Washington Post reporters, they say appears to be about as safe as going to the grocery store. There's low risk, but it's not no risk. And many states are taking measures like spacing out the voting booths to increase safety. You will probably also be required to wear a mask when you go to the poll and stay at least six feet from others. But I wonder if that rule could could hurt Trump voters, like people that are there to vote Trump, but they also take a lot of pride that they've never worn a mask. Will they swallow their pride and wear a mask if it means going and voting for Donald Trump? And how mad are they going to get if they get to the poll and you get in one of these things like people have gotten upset because they weren't allowed to shop in Walmart? You don't think they're going to get upset if they're not allowed to go in and cast a vote on Election Day? It's a powder keg is what I'm saying. In most states, you can vote early, even if you're voting in person. Uh, so, yeah, just some stuff to keep in mind as uh, Election Day. Don't think of it as being a, a long way off. It's a little over a month away. And especially if you're going to vote, first of all, make sure that you're registered. You know, you think you would know, but every year people find out oh i'm not registered well what do i have to do and then it's too late and then they're to... like oh today's election you can't do anything anymore oh yeah so <clears throat> once again vote dot is it org i had it here i had it in front of me just now yeah vote.org is a good place to go craft is bringing pumpkin spice mac and cheese to the u.s we announced our I don't know about that announced, but we read the story a couple weeks ago that Kraft created pumpkin spice mac and cheese in Canada, and they were going to serve it in selected locations in uh, Canada, and now they've decided to bring it to the U.S. too. But you've got to win it. What? you got to win it? Okay. How bad do people want to eat mac and cheese that tastes like pumpkin spice? You can win uh. it by tweeting at Kraft Mac and Cheese... Mm. Yeah, well, the, it's just the end, mac right? and cheese, <laughs> and using the hashtags pumpkin spice, KMC, and hashtag sweepstakes by tomorrow. So, oh, I'm gonna tweet them out from our show. How many people listening to what we've just talked about are like, wow, voting and getting craft mac and cheese? I only have time for one. <laughs> <laughs> I should try and win that pumpkin spice uh, mac and cheese. I guess Kraft uh, thought it was popular enough in Canada, and they probably realized, listen, pumpkin spice mac and cheese just screams America. So we've got to get that going on in the United States. They'll be giving away boxes of pumpkin spice mac and cheese to a 1,000 people. Again, I've always said if something is really good, they'll make it available widely. Well, I don't think this is them saying how great their product is. Just for, We're talking about Kraft Mac and Cheese yeah. on the air because of some publicity stunt. That's all it is. True. That could be an example of that. 
But I feel like Kraft mac and cheese is a known quantity at this point. Like, you're not going to find too many people who are like, I wonder what Kraft mac and cheese tastes like. Well, no, it is. <laughs> but, what, but I think what it, what it does for people, though, is... As we're sitting here talking about it, maybe somebody's going to go in a grocery run today, and, and, and all of a sudden they're like, "You know what? I haven't had Kraft mac and cheese in a while. I'm going to go get it." Mm-hmm. And that's how that works. Oh, see, I was coming at it from a different perspective. I've always got Kraft macaroni and cheese oh, on you, the you shelf. Got, you got it stocked at, at all times. I've got boxes. I've got the little styrofoam cups that you can just mix just it all up in the cup and add water to it. I got it all. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. This is the fifth and final hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show for today. It is Monday, September the 28th. 30 days past September. Okay. I was confused because they, they had the... They had the September news bloopers already ready to go. They don't usually do that until the first <laughs> of the month. You got a little confused. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> How did that poem go again? Did you ever learn that... Learn how many days there are in a month. I know. With that I know. Literally, the line you just said, and I think that's about it. That's all I know too. That's, Thirty days. I didn't learn it that way. I think I got it wrong. It's one of five poems that I can recite. So, <laughs> thirty days hath September, hath April, June, and November. All the rest have thirty-one, except for February. And then I, I don't remember the last line because it, 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 it quit rhyming. <laughs> I've never heard that poem. Before. Is it because except for February, which has twenty-seven plus one? Oh, I thought February had twenty. That rhymes. Does that rhyme? Say the whole thing. Thirty days. Thirty days. <laughs> you doing every S is a T H now? Stop. Thirty stop. days. You stop. Half September, <laughs> April, June, and November. All the rest have thirty-one, except for February, twenty-seven plus one. Except in a leap year when it's 20. What, how's the leap year? There's an extra day or there's I'm a less? There's an extra day, right? 30 days. <laughs> September. That's a song. Do you get the lyrics? Have you ever heard? Uh, all the rest have 31, but February's 28. The leap year, which comes once in four, gives February one day more. I'm, yeah. I'll never be able to memorize all that. <laughs> I've never learned this, and that sounds awful. Wait, so in a leap in a leap year, they add a day? Yes. Oh, okay. You know you can count them on your knuckles? Somebody showed me that trick. That's it how didn't, I learned. It didn't stick. Every, so it, you, it's the knuckle and then the space between your knuckles. And so January has 31, February less. March 31, April less. May, June, July, and August. So if you hold your fists together like this, July and August are the, are the two with back-to-back 31 days. And that's where the two knuckles line up. I'm just bewildered. I'm bewildered by this. The leap year, which comes once in four, gives February one day more. Do you know the thing about which uh, which months it's okay to eat raw oysters? No, there's a poem for that. No, there's not a poem. It's kind of like a. Like I didn't a, know there was a specific a month shanty, you had to wait maybe? for. <laughs> right. You only eat raw oysters in months that have the letter R in them. May's out. So August is out. So between May and June. August, it's the summer. You basically, you're worried about storage, you know? Uh, oh, so okay. So once you start up with September, it goes right on through. May, June, July, August. So it's four middle months. Yeah, that you're not supposed to. I don't know. If I were right on the, you know, overlooking the bay, 
somewhere and I knew that they got their oysters fresh off a ship, I'd probably go ahead and do it even if it was June or July. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. You know, I get the feeling sometimes that like 95% of people, myself included, don't even understand how how taxes work. <laughs> I just know that a billionaire or a supported, su- supposed billionaire, a purported billionaire, should have to pay more than somebody making 18000 a year. I always wanted to get rich enough so that I wouldn't have to pay income tax. That was a goal. It's like once you reach a certain level, then I think like a rich person's accountant calls you and says, hey, you qualify to be in the rich people's club. I can. <laughs> the rich people's I can, club? Yeah, you don't have to pay taxes anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You're rich enough that you don't have to pay taxes. Uh, Brady says, until you see his returns and actually know what is going on, you can't really make heads or tails out of what they're reporting. And he's putting reporting in parentheses, which I have an issue with that. Uh, Brady says, I'm not defending him, but as a tax accountant, how do these people get a hold of his information? Well, I think it was leaked by people who want to remain anonymous, and they want to remain anonymous so they don't get retaliated against. Uh, We've seen whistleblowers and people that contradict what the current president says being retaliated against. You don't have to look any further than Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Venman uh, to see what you're doing by by coming out. So, but here's the thing: they didn't just get this document and say we don't know who it's from. the The entire editorial board of the New York Times saw this and were able to authenticate that these were actual uh, documents pertaining to Trump. That's that's the way it works. And there's a lot of reporting that's done based on anonymous sources that doesn't mean no one knows who the sources are that just means that the the journalists who put the story together and did the reporting aren't telling the public who the anonymous sources are it's uh here's a here's a good example so a couple of months ago remember it came out that there were some people who who said yes i overheard donald trump calling uh uh, people who had died in previous wars, losers, or referring to them as suckers. So, you know, this just wasn't somebody calling up. Psst, it's anonymous, but I heard, you know, I heard Trump say this. The edit, the editorial board definitely knows who who the people are, and so that first day, um, a Fox News reporter said, "Yes, I verified the document." So. It's a thing where you don't want the public to know. You don't want the person who might want to get revenge to know, but you, you'll share it with other reporters. So this reporter from Fox News went over, verified the documents. I, I think when you, when you hear anonymous, you're thinking, oh, made up. It, it's far from that, especially if you're dealing with, with someone with a reputation like the New York Times or the Washington Post. Now, reputation, of course, the Republicans have done a good job, and especially under Trump, of maligning these 150-year-old publications. What they've really succeeded in doing, they don't expect you to believe all the lies that come out. They just want you to doubt the truth. So they've done a really good job 
of making people think, oh, well, it was in the New York Times, that rag. They would rather you believe the National Enquirer than the New York Times. So, I mean, that that is one area that Trump, and as we've seen from his taxes, there aren't many areas that he's been successful in. But one area he has been successful in is eroding trust in uh, journalism and reporting and, and the media, even you know, legendary media like the New York Times. So, yeah, uh, no, I haven't seen the documents. I don't. I couldn't tell you the name of the person who did it, but it is known to the editorial board, and they would probably share that with somebody from Fox News. Once again, keeping the uh, the sources uh, anonymous on this. How did the miners win? What was it, thirty-one to six? Thirty-one to six, and man. I think they were. 10-point road underdogs. Did you watch did anybody watch any of it? I don't know if it was on TV or not, but I just saw the I score. Think it was on ESPN2. Did you hear anything like how they how they did it? Like did did they look good? Did the Dion uh Dion Hankins uh he rushed for 118 yards and three touchdowns. The fir- my first thought was And the defense pretty much put the lockdown on uh Louisiana Monroe's offense. My first thought was, oh, Louisiana Monroe. I thought they were an FBS team, but they must be an FCS team. Nope, they're FBS. They, they are an FBS team. But they're not looking too good this season either. Okay, you know what? Let's we'll worry about that. Can, take man. it where you can, right. And then they play. Who do they play like? La Tech? It's another Louisiana. Who, UTEP? Yeah, um, UTEP's got another Louisiana team on the schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's tech. So that's going to be a tough one because they're they're usually a conference powerhouse. And uh, then they're not going to be back at the Sun Bowl. Looks like they got a bye week. Oh, they got a bye week next week. Then they got Louisiana Tech, and then they play Southern Miss at the Sun Bowl. So worst case scenario, they play their next home game with a record of three and two. And, uh, you know, maybe crowd turns out as much as they can uh, to see to see what it is all about. But this is the first time the Miners have had a record of 3-1 and one since, you know, it's been over a decade. It was 2000, uh, 2010, wasn't it? 2010 was the last time they had a record uh, coming anywhere close. Oh, good. Uh, we got a caller who's going to, maybe the, maybe this caller watched a little bit of the Miner game and can, can tell us what happened. Hi, Joe. Hey, good, Joe. I didn't catch any of the Miners game. I just caught the score and was just wondering what what happened, what went on. Uh, yeah, it, it's uh, all Miners are they were running on all cylinders, especially that defense man. Monroe had some stuff, you know, in on them, but the Miners shut them down. Wait, so the so the defense came up big in this one? Yes, not just that, but hey, uh, Mister Haken, he's a bull. That kid could run. You're talking about the guy who had the three touchdowns. Deion Hankins, yeah. Yes, exactly. Not just that, but that offensive line, they, they got to get uh, – I'm sure they're, they're starting a mesh, and, I mean, they're doing excellent. Well, I, I'm starting to feel a little bit of excitement percolating, and it, it seems like it's oh, been yeah. a while. I mean, they've got – Brandon said something. I don't know if you were being flip or if you meant it, but the Miners have more wins this season than they do in the two previous seasons combined. No, they do. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean that that's one thing and hopefully that they they beat the season that uh Saul was there as a coach. They had a good uh, a good team also. 
uh, defensive end there uh, worth noting was uh, Tolbert at that time. Yeah. And but uh, no, he, uh, this coach Daniel, he's doing great. Miners keep it up. Uh, they if they keep on playing like they played there, this this last game, they'll win a lot of games. You know, All right. make, they could they could help themselves on their recruitment too. You know what I mean? Well, sure. You recruit better, the the better you perform. So, all right. Thanks, exactly. Joe. You're welcome. All right. Appreciate the appreciate the report. Yeah, they've actually won more games than the past three seasons because they won one game last year, one game the previous year, and then the in 2017 the, the, that was when they went over 12. So they've won more games this season than they won in the past three, three years, years combined. combined already. Yeah. Uh, we got Brady on the line. Hi, Brady. Hey, what's going on? What's happening? Oh, not much. Hey, with what I said, I didn't mean to, like, wonder how I got the information. I understand all the, uh, like, keeping people's, keeping them anonymous. I'm all for that. I yeah. understand all that. It's more like how... No, I, but I know that that's one of the things they're going to go with on Fox. They're going to say, well, these are th- these are anonymous sources. Of course they're anonymous sources. Right, that yeah. doesn't make with, them unreliable sources. Right. It's just, it's like, I don't know. It's hard to... As a tax accountant, the only people that can really have the info are your accountant, your lawyers, if you choose to, and then the IRS. So I'm wondering how they got those kind of documents and stuff. And also, it might have been Michael Cohen. I mean, like, nobody's yeah. nobody's speculating because nobody wants anyone to get in trouble. But I I have a good <laughs> yeah, feeling it's kind of, probably Michael Cohen. <laughs> like how Buzz is like nobody's yeah, speculating, but allow me to speculate. But allow me to speculate. I think it yeah, could be it Michael could be Cohen. Like yeah. When I when I saw that it broke, I was just like, ooh. I, want, I would just wonder how they got that because it's. I mean, it's got to come from somebody. Yeah, definitely somebody like that information. And, and like, uh, that's, I have no doubt that that Hannity's talking points tonight are going to be that the leaker is the real criminal in all this. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, just, I'm just prepared for that. I I know how Fox News weird. does stuff. All right, thanks, Brady. Thanks. Bye. All right, thanks for the call. Telephone number, if you want to give us a call, is eight four four. 305-6210-844-305-6210. You can leave us a message on the neckline. That's available 24 hours a day. I encourage you to call that, especially when you're drunk and have all your defenses down. So you can leave a message, which we could play back. Drunker the better, I always say. And that number for the neckline is 844-805-NECK. That's 6325 to leave a message for the Buzz Adams Morning Show. All right. Uh, TV tonight, Monday Night Football. Ravens host the Chiefs. Oh, it's going to be a good one. Probably game of the week. I mean, on paper, anyway. Oh, yeah. Maybe the best game of the season. Probably the best game of the season. I mean, I think you pretty significantly have the two top two teams in the league going head-to-head here. And we're getting a lot of really good games at the beginning of the season, I mean, look at the Houston Texans' schedule to start this season. They had the Chiefs, the Ravens. Oh, they had a tough. And they the had Steelers. a tough draw. When Oof. I the, the, those first few weeks, the, the weeks we played already, it's almost like, boy, somebody really had it in for the Texans. Yeah, it was like, hey, let's pick all the best teams, and that's their schedule. And next week we get uh, Patriots, Chiefs as well. So the, even the Chiefs, the defending champs, they're not easing into the season with a cakewalk. Who'd the Patriots beat? Raiders. Yeah, Patriots beat the Raiders, giving them their first loss. How did uh, Tampa Bay do? They won. 
They beat the Broncos. Okay, so as as a lifelong Patriots fan, yeah. with no other rooting interest, do you like to see Tom win in Tampa Bay, or are you completely uninterested? Uh, I kind of wish Gronk was doing more, because I think that to see that connection would have been kind of cool. Um, I definitely watched that first game, uh, Buccaneers-Saints. But the other two games, I don't think have been on television here, so I haven't been able to really watch them. Yeah, but, but I mean, nice are you interested in hearing how? Yeah, he I, does. I definitely, I definitely make sure to look at how they're doing. Right, they're they're sitting in first place in the NFC South, so I say that's not too shabby. Yeah, I I didn't want Tom Brady to get down there and just you know be massacred, and then everybody'd say, oh, he couldn't have won without without Belichick. Well, that's the and, thing is, I know a lot. <clears throat> I know a lot of people who have. Who who claim that it was like oh you know it, it great great to see Brady do great to prove that he didn't need the Patriots and I hope the Patriots stink without Tom Brady to prove they needed Brady or vice versa where it's they want to see Brady stink and the Patriots do good I want to see them both do well yeah that's fair it's like um, when I was a kid I hated the Cowboys because they were the most popular team in Oklahoma that you were in Cowboy Country yeah we were in Cowboy Country. And, you know, they were always winning. This is back in the 70s, and, you know, they were always winning. And But now I'm, uh, unless, it, unless it hurts my team, I, I'll go for the Cowboys just because, you know, it's, it's, a, big Cowboy, it's a hometown team. People are happier if the Cowboys are winning. And I'll say this, as far as the Cowboys, they lost yesterday, but what an exciting game. If you're a Cowboys fan... And part of the reason is because you want to see exciting games. The Cowboys have come through on that. You're watching these games. Sometimes, like last week, they turn out the way you want them to. This week, it didn't, but it was exciting. Like, even that last interception when Dak was scrambling, he was closer to down than Mm -hmm. almost any other quarterback I've ever seen. Think about if that would have connected. How exciting would that have been if if after all that, you know? But it was exciting, right, until the last seconds. So you got that going for you, Cowboy fans. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. We're going to start uh, wrapping up the show here. I hope everybody is uh, ready for this new week. Got a couple more days left in uh, September, and then we're on to October. But, I mean, the CDC's recommendation is don't don't trick-or-treat. But we, we have a haunted house, though. Well, it's not a house. We couldn't do that, but it's a drive-through. So it's a the Devil's Highway is open, and it's going to be open on weekends. And we're going to open it as we get closer to Halloween. We're going to expand it until eventually we're open seven nights a week. Devil's Highway drive-through haunted house is at thirteen nine hundred Montana Avenue. It's a chauffeured experience for the fright lover, including a spooky, terrifying yet zero contact. Halloween attraction. Vehicles are sanitized with your health in mind every time. And uh, it's open over the weekend. We'll get you those hours for this coming weekend. And we've got all kinds of uh, specials going on. For instance, on Sunday, take advantage of a $5 discount. Thanks to uh, Western Tech. That's for students. The student discount. Bring a school identification card. You get a $5 discount on Sundays. Also, food trucks are going to be on site, and the KLAQ drive-through haunted house, the Devil's Highway drive-through, 
is brought to you by KLAQ and Western Tech, Vitalant Blood Systems, and Coffee House of Hell. Joanna, Coffee House from Hell is one of your sponsors for the What the Buzz podcast, right? Yeah, they are. What's, uh, tell me a little bit about them. It's a great horror-themed coffee shop over at 2200 Le Trevino Suite. Horror-themed just for Halloween or all the time? It's Halloween all year round at Coffee uh-huh. House of Hell. It's, uh, again, 2200 Le Trevino Suite B3B across from Hanks High School. All right, Devil's Highway is produced and managed by 915 Live Productions and Desert Warriors Paintball. Not recommended for those under 15. And if you want any additional information, get a look at some pictures. You can see all that at klaq.com. Here's another random bit of fallout from the pandemic. According to dentists, there's been a rise in cracked teeth. They're seeing more people come in with cracked teeth. And dentists say people have been grinding their teeth more because of the stress. Come on. Oh You're grinding God. your teeth so hard that, that you it crack. cracks them? <gasps> I mean, that is some intense grinding that must be going on, right? I think it, the, it doesn't have to be really intense grinding. I think it's just you do it over an extended period of time. Oh, it'll accumulate? And... Yeah. It's been six months, so yeah. <laughs> Since this pandemic started. Oh, my God. CDC's issued some guidelines for Thanksgiving, and they're recommending you keep it small. You know, maybe just have Thanksgiving with the people in your house. Did you guys have extended family Thanksgivings, like where you would... I got to remind myself that... it wasn't huge. I got to remind myself that people, not everybody has family. So my my mom had nine brothers and sisters, and my Mm -hmm. dad had six or seven brothers and sisters. Anyway... You'd get them. They all had kids, cousins. We'd all go to grandma's. We usually go to one grandma. The so there would be sixty to a hundred mm-hmm. people that yeah. I was all related, like you know, cousins. Maybe some second cousins might come up from Fort Worth. Yep. But like that was was yours anything like that? Yeah. We that would, many people, and where would you have it usually? It would either be grandma's house or we would travel from one uncle's house to another uncle's mm. house did you have a kid table yeah oh, i guess the kid table thanksgiving we didn't really have a kid table how many people would you have at yours brandon for thanksgiving it was smaller because it would always just be my mom's side of the family and growing up that would just be um the four of us meaning my my mom my dad my sister and myself plus anywhere from another three to five people from my mom's side. So we all fit around the dining room table. Now the big meals, that was Christmas Eve because that was my dad's extended family. And that would get to anywhere to 50 or so, I think. Yeah. All crammed into our house. And then, but we never had a kid's table. The only time we had a kid's table was Christmas morning. And that was me there's myself, my sister, and then my two cousins who are, were the same age. Like for breakfast? For breakfast, yeah. yeah. And that damn kids, it was this rickety little card table. Oh, we had multiple kids tables. So, yeah, we had a card table, some kids, some were eating on TV trays, you know, and you had maybe 10 or 12 people around the kitchen or the dining room table at my grandma's house. We'd have a uh, touch football game every year. Mm-hmm. You know, 
I think I aged out of that a couple years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we, uh, my cousin and I, we went and joined our uncle for a Thanksgiving game. I was probably early 20s, and he was a correctional officer that worked at um, like the, the juvenile correctional facility. And these were all like big, hulking dudes. I think my cousin and I were like the only two white guys out there, and we were these skinny little <laughs> white kids. And it was to the point that we had more than 11 on 11 all on one football field. It was like 16 on 16 yeah. at one point. Right. And the guy, the team that we ended up on, the guy was on the practice squad for an NFL team for like a week. And that was his claim to fame. And he was like the big athlete out of the whole group. So he ran the show. And we were those two guys where they just told, go deep. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Just every single play. Like, there were plays, man, we would be, like, we'd be in the end zone, and they would start snapping the next play before we even got back on side because, like, well, then they're Nobody's going to call off sides. They're not going to do anything anyway. And, yeah, for us, they're like, we're not going to catch the ball anyway. Right. And I'm like, good, I'm good. I can catch the ball. Throw it to me. All right, I want you to run <laughs> out until you're equal with the hedge. Then I want you to fan left. I want you to zoom, and I'm going to hit you right before you get to the patio table. <laughs> <laughs> the patio table. Yeah. And stuff like that. So yeah, keep it small this year. <laughs>